Welcome to the Talk of Sykeston. I'm Glenn Cantrell, and today we're going to talk uh, with an author uh, about his uh, new book. It's called Wounded Pastor, and uh, we're talking with Dr. Matt Tanner today. And i got to point out, this is not to be confused with the local president of the bank, Matt Tanner. This is a totally different Matt Tanner that I'm speaking with today. But Dr. Tanner, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to the conversation. Yeah, let's let's dive in first. And I, I kind of always do this uh, with all my guests uh, when, when they have a profession, what led them to that profession and being a pastor. Kind of talk about what led you in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, grew up as a pastor's kid, and so church was my playground. I like to tell people in uh, we, we were drugged to church every time the doors were open, and uh, so I grew up as a pastor's kid, and actually uh, the last thing I wanted to do was be a pastor. Um, I was actually a full-time firefighter for several years, and that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. But I uh, ended up getting into the fire department, and uh, the Lord just made me miserable in what I thought my dream was. And so I went actually up to visit my brother who had already gone up to seminary and took a tour of the campus. And uh, I was, I'd like to say I was very, um, had good intentions with that tour, but I, I found out that if you took a tour of Midwestern campus at that point, they would give you a free voucher to barbecue one of the best barbecue restaurants. <laughs> so I'm going to go tour it because I get the free, free barbecue. You know, my intentions are great. But through that tour of the campus and everything, uh, God used Second Timothy two fifteen to study to show yourself approved accurately a workman accurately handling the word of truth. God used that to call me into to ministry. So I went to seminary and started studying, and through that God called me to to be a pastor and to study to teach and to lead others. What was it about what you were watching with your dad being a pastor that initially made you not want to be a pastor? Yeah, it, I saw my dad go through, and incidentally, what I wrote about in my book, I saw my dad go through a similar uh, situation growing up, and then he was bivocational for a while, and then out of the ministry for a while, kind of in my formative years. And so I, even at an early age, I began to see what, unfortunately, some churches were capable of and what they, this phenomenon that is happening. And because of that, uh, I took the anything but approach. I'll go. I'll go do anything but follow in in my earthly dad's footsteps um, because I'd seen the hurt and the pain and the the struggle that it was. Um, so that's why I, initially anything but but ministry was was my focus. When you started to receive the call, or or you started to recognize this call was coming to you. Were you resistant to that because of that experience, because of what you saw your dad go through? Not really. That's the interesting thing is because where where God had me, um, like I had my dream job in the fire, de- fire department, big fire department out of outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. And long story short, I, was, I, I had to leave that position, and I found myself working on a cattle ranch. And here I am with a college education, uh, not that ranching was bad. I just I expected different things, and so I'm sitting there, and, and God was using that. Uh, you, you got a lot of time to think when you're just working with cattle all day, and so I was sitting there working with that, and it, it's through that situation that God said, I, I'm calling you out of this in, into ministry, 
Um, and I remember at that point, God putting that call so directly on my heart and my life through the experience of visiting the seminary and all those things together uh, that I went to my wife and I said, we're going to seminary. And I uh, went and talked to my dad, who's still a pastor at the time, and he gave me the, son, if you can do anything else and be happy, you can go do it. But as I was praying about that, God, God just gave me no other option um, and called me into that. Uh, little did I know what the, the next 20 years would entail, uh, but it eventually lead up to the project that I was able to complete. So, yeah, once God called me, it was uh, there were no other options for me. You know, it is so funny, because when I started to receive the call and I was struggling with it, you know, is this just me because I enjoy doing this work, or is it really, you know, God calling me into something? And I went and spoke to my pastor at the time, and he gave me the same advice. He's like, listen, if you can do anything else within ministry, do it and not be a pastor. And I thought that is such weird advice. But, you know, his thing was it's so difficult and hard that, uh, you know, it it can drain you. It can take a lot out of you. Um, now it's also the most rewarding, but it is all, it is, it is difficult. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Uh, and they think it's, you know, what do you have to do to be a, you know, you you just study and you give sermons and stuff, but there's so many other components to, to being a pastor. They don't, I think they don't realize, you know, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. Yeah, we, we talk about living in the glass bowl. You know, it, it's as a pastor, it seems like you're scrutinized on everything you do, not only as a profession, but it's something you can never you can't you can't leave it at the office. Um, the the way you interact with your spouse, the way you interact with your your children, it seems like it's always under under scrutiny. And you know, some of that is is biblical and it's welcome, but in other cases, it can be over overdone. And so, yeah. It, it's it's a hard profession. It's a calling to uh, at some point. It's calling to suffer at some level. And I do want to point out too, because and I, I know you've seen it and I've seen it, um, it. It just seems like there's this epidemic going on uh, on the other end of, well, to, to, for lack of better terms, there are bad pastors out there. I mean, there there are, and we're seeing them get caught up into scandals and. <laughs> Uh, or creating toxic uh, environments within the churches. I mean, there are some bad pastors out there, and mm-hmm. uh, that even makes the job of being a pastor even more difficult, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And, and incidentally enough, when I did my research on forced termination uh, or unjustified termination, forced resignation of pastors, there's a segment where you have a lead pastor who is a toxic leader forced out a pastor underneath him. So it's an interesting phenomenon where you have pastors as victims, but also pastors as perpetrators of the very same phenomenon. And so, you, like you said, you then you've got this whole other uh, area of pastors who are in it for the wrong reasons, um, all, the, all the different things, the, the scandals and all that. And so then you got the faithful in the middle that are just trying to be faithful to the calling, faithful to God's word, uh, and that adds to the pressures that are on pastors as, as a profession. We're going to talk about the book in, in just a minute, but I kind of want to stay on this this line that we're on right now because one of the things that I think, Matt, that uh, bother me is the expectations that are being set at the seminary level. I I, mm. I just think 
there could be a better job there because we have so many, as you put it, guys that are coming out of seminary who are like, I'm going to leave seminary and go to this size church and, and and lead a big church and write books and hit the circuit and that sort of thing. And that's that's really not what the calling is about. And I, I kind of feel like at the seminary level, there could be a better job being done setting expectations of what being a pastor is really all about. Oh, absolutely. And the password has changed. I apologize for that. Look to the Alexa app. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's all right. We love Alexa and Siri. That thing has not done, it hadn't made a noise all day until now. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, of course it would be now. But, yeah, it was, you've got two things going on with um, – with the seminaries, and I, and I am one as, as a major proponent of seminaries, and I think pastors should study, but you, you have a couple of things going. They, On one hand, they, they tell you, or they parade in front of you, they show you that success is the megachurch, is the big, is the more is better, and uh, they, they give a wrong definition of success. And then on the other hand, they tell, I remember sitting in seminary class, and a professor telling us that within 10 years, 50% of us in that class will no longer be in ministry. So they set up an unattainable uh, or unrealistic definition of success, and then on the other side, they tell you, well, half of you aren't even going to make that. Um, so they, they set up this one side unattainable goal, and then on the other side, this fear of, of failure in that unattainable goal. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Seminaries could do a much better do- job of showing re- more realistically what pastor is. I think the normative church is, what, 50 to 100 or even below that, um, and the rise of bivocationalism right now, um, which those are the, I think those are real warriors in, in churches as pastors. Um, but there, there needs to be a better job at it being more realistic of what sem- or what being a pastor is all about and what can be expected in that profession. Yeah, I think that number is, to me, low. I think it's not 10 years. I think it's within five years you probably have 50% not making it today because oh, of absolutely. all the different challenges that are going on. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the what made you want to write this book then? Yeah, I had been through a couple of instances prior to um, starting my doctorate um, at a seminary. And when I went through being forced, you know, forced terminations, and it, it, it was for all the, all the reasons that I detail in the book about, you know, misplaced leadership and just all, all the mobbing that takes place, all of these things. And when I went through these, experiences, I started looking for help. Um, I I called some denominational leaders, um, some associational leaders, and uh, basically a lot of the response that I got was, well, welcome to the club. You know, everybody's going to go through it once in their, their pastoral career. And then I even started looking for books, like, well, can I just read something to figure out um, because you you not only lose your profession, you lose a lot of times you lose your home, you're isolated. Um, many times you don't get a severance. And I'm sitting here saying, somebody help me. Uh, how do I navigate this? Because 
again, I was nobody prepares you for this. Everybody says it's going to happen, but nobody prepares you for it. And so I began to look and pray over, you know, what do I want to do in my doctoral project? And I remember sitting reflecting on some of the painful things that I'd been through, and the Lord just told me, he said, Matt, you, you write that book. You put that uh, that strategy out there so that other men who go through this phenomenon, that they can have what you didn't have. And so that's when I, I set out to study what this phenomenon is, what's happening, and, and I realized it's got to be happening to uh, many others. So I just wanted to hear their stories, and out of that story, uh, the strategy developed um, to be able to help. So I wrote it out of really desperation and trying to figure out how do I heal from this hurt and from this phenomenon of being forced out of a ministry position, um, and then hopefully to help others. Matt, you were actually uh, pastoring a church in southeast Missouri as you were writing this book. Uh <laughs> And then some things happen that directly correlate with what you were writing about. Yeah, it's interesting. They they say just because you write the book doesn't mean you're you're uh, the <laughs> expert at it, or it doesn't. It's not going to happen to you. And yeah, the Lord was giving me some real life experience of of how to walk through this strategy myself and and uh, heal yet again from from an instance of this this happening and 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 being forced out so when when i write this book and i put the strategy in there um there are lessons i'm still learning i'm still in a in a healing process and they're they're hard fought hard hard won lessons um and, and they really do come from the trenches of of struggle and suffering and and experiencing this phenomenon of being forced out so as you're writing this book, and then you, you're going through, uh, you know, the stuff that you were going through at that at the church in Southeast Missouri. Um, I, I guess, uh, what are you hoping that this book does for for pastors who are going through things? Is it is it to help them heal? Is it to help them through the process? Like, what are you hoping to that that this book does for those who read it? Yeah, it's all the above, um, because what I do, the first uh, several, or probably first half of the book is admittedly a little bit more difficult to read because it, it's biblical background kind of tying this phenomenon to to God's Word, um, and it's a lot of what is this phenomenon, concretely defining it so there's no confusion. This this is exactly what is happening in our churches, letting people know to what uh, best we can tell what pace this is happening, and I think it's happening anywhere about a seven percent per year in evangelical churches. Um, and what those it, kind of defining the phenomenon, and what that does is helps the pastor realize that I'm not alone, I'm not isolated, I'm not messed up, I didn't miss something necessarily in my calling. Um, this is just something that Satan is using to attack pastors, and that that I'm, I'm just not alone. It, it's it's really good to hear the the stories and stuff of the other pastors. Um, and then the second half actually details a four-step strategy. And there are some things in that strategy. Uh, I start in the economic level, then go to emotional, and then spiritual, and then leadership development. There's some preventative things in there that, that a pastor can do 
um, ahead of time or prepare as I go through ministry. And it's the, the things hope they never have to use. They never have to go through this. But there's some things that they can do that if they do go through this, that they're prepared. They're, they're more ready and uh, helps the process. As they're going through it, they're going to find some comfort and some, some ways to navigate some of the difficulties. But especially after a pastor has been through it, how they can uh, get back on their feet economically, how they can be, uh, they can heal emotionally and spiritually. And at the end of the day, um, get on that balcony level view and learn some leadership development lessons. Um, because most pastors that go through it learn survival lessons. How can I just make sure this never happens again? But it's different to actually get to the point where you get the log out of your own eye and become a better and stronger and more compassionate leader, even at the other side of the hurt and the pain. So that's what I hope that the wounded pastor does for pastors. It's it's preventative, it's salve when you're going through it, but it's also how do I heal once I've been through this. When you go through seminary, you go through all these different classes, right? You take uh, either uh, Hebrew and or Greek. You take um, you know all the basic uh, foundational classes for essentially the Old Testament and the New Testament. You go through uh, how to be a good counselor and uh, the the all these different things that have to do with Absolutely. being a pastor and and uh, even leadership. But one of the things that they, they don't really talk about as much is the challenges that you don't think about in becoming a pastor, and that is really dealing with the people of the church. Mm-hmm. Because you have all these different personalities, and you have all these different ideas of what the pastor should be doing, and you have uh, personalities that... Um, you know, let's just face it, there's some churches where you go and there's a one, two, or a group of people that believe they're the leadership, they're the ones in charge. And, and Absolutely. It, so there's all these different things that seminary doesn't teach you about, and I, I kind of feel like maybe you're hoping this book does do that for people. Yeah, absolutely, and and it's not exhaustive for sure, and I know there's some other resources that help other books that have been written to help deal with, like, different personalities in in churches and things like that. Uh, But, again, I hope this book brings awareness to the problem. Um, I I hesitate to use the whistleblowing term, but I hope it it, it brings attention to the problem that we've got to, as as churches, as evangelical denominations, all of these things, We've got to be realistic and realize that there, there's an intrinsic problem within our churches that needs to be addressed, and we need to pre- prepare our pastors to, uh, on how to walk through this. So, yeah, I, I hope it, it calls attention to the problem. Uh, I think, and I'll go ahead and say this, I think this book should be, every pastor before they go into ministry should read this book, um, not to be afraid, but to know the phenomenon, know what's out there, know how to recognize it, and be able to start um, maybe address it a different way before it gets to the point of forced termination or resignation. Um, but yeah, we've got to do a better job at being realistic and preparing our pastors for this this attack in ministry that it's going to be tough. Instead of just being okay with saying, yeah, welcome to the club, most of you aren't going to make it. Let's be realistic and let's do something about the problem. Let's let's equip our our pastors to be able to handle it and walk through it, and and be more healthy for it. Uh, I, I talked earlier about uh, expectations, right? Setting the expectations of the pastors who are coming out of seminary and and, and what's going to happen. But 
Do you also feel like maybe we we haven't done a very good job of setting the expectation of the church itself and the people of the church and and getting them to realize how everything is supposed to work and how we're all supposed to work together and and that sort of thing like that expectation level by the people that go to the church doesn't match the pastor's expectations too? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the hardest things about this phenomenon is because you become hurt by people who, um, by statement of belief and by uh, uh, members of the church, ought to know better and should should treat you better. And so I, I get asked this question all the time of when you're going to write a church or a book to the church, um, and hopefully that that can happen. But yeah, it, there needs to be a better understanding of church membership and we use the language of you know we we believe this is god's man this this pastor that god has sent us this pastor but then a lot of times when the pastor gets there then they don't trust god for the process and uh they don't uh they don't understand pastoral leadership and honoring god and in that whole phenomenon so yeah i think there's there needs to be some education on the church level and on the the pastor level of what what is biblical church and how are we supposed to relate to each other. So you're no longer a pastor. You have the book. Talk about what are you doing right now. Yeah, absolutely. I've been given a, a, a great opportunity. God has moved me to north uh, the northeast Missouri um, area. And um, partnering with the church, they've given me some space to start a biblical counseling center. And uh, it's called the Wounded Leadership Center for Biblical Counseling. And so I will be uh, doing uh, local counseling and that sort of thing, but I've also connected with a couple of of national agencies, Pastoral Care Network and a couple others, who they reach out to pastors who uh, who have been through this phenomenon and they provide all kinds of, of care with resume help, with financial help, job placement, things like that. But they also help pay for counseling. And so one of my goals through this book is, one, to get get the word out. And I appreciate you giving me this platform to, to do that, uh, to get the word out, to become aware of this phenomenon, get this book in the hands of pastors who need it, um, but also through video counseling, telehealth, and that sort of thing, to be able to counsel with pastors who have been through it, uh, because there's some of them that the book will help, and then that will strengthen them, and they can run, but there's others that, that need some more intense one-on-one care, and uh, working on building a network of counselors who can help uh, just journey with these guys as they go through this pain. Again, it's something I wish I had, um, right. somebody to walk with and, and help in this healing process, Um because one other statistic is of, of, of the guys that go through this forced termination and uh, resignation, about 60 to 70 percent of them that I can tell never go back into ministry. So we're losing a lot of guys that need to be behind the pulpit and need to be in the churches. So I uh, hope that God uses this, this counseling center um, to help reach some of those pastors and journey with, with others who are hurting and to find peace and find healing. Well, Matt, I appreciate you being on the show and uh, hadn't got to talk to you in a while, so it was great to catch up with you. And uh, listen, the best of luck with this. I think it's a, a great book and a great thing that you're doing to try to help some of those pastors that are out there. Uh, wounded, The Wounded Pastor, available on Amazon and other places, right? 
Yes, sir. Amazon, uh, barnesandnoble.com, or they can go to woundedleadership.com, and it's available on uh, those areas. And I, I recommend anybody that's a pastor or even church members uh, go read it and uh, pray that it blesses you. All right, Matt. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thank you, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, Dr. Matt Tanner, the uh, author of The Wounded Pastor. Uh, go check out that book. And thanks for checking us out on the talk of Sykeston. We'll see you next weekend. I'm Glenn Cantrell.